The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Fine, welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining me as always in the co-host chair, we got Fishing Rick. Woohoo, Macca. How you going, mate? Mate, very good. How's things? Yes. Oh, very good too. Exciting. That's it. Another week in paradise. Oh, yeah. Another week closer to 2015 season. Can't wait. Bring it on. Yes. And back on the podcast tonight, uh, a fellow moderator in Forzaport. Good evening, Macca. Good evening, Rick. Happy to be here. Love this time of year. A lot of uh, player movement, a lot of list changes. Exciting times. So almost it more is. exciting than the uh, season sometimes. It is. It's very interesting. I, lo- I do love this time of year. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of list changes, we might as well have a, a quick chat because we've made a few more um, our final list changes, I think. So Brendan Archie gets another one-year contract, which is fantastic news for one of our friends at the podcast. He was also one of our 2014 player sponsors on Big Footy as well, so that's great news for him. Uh, we say goodbye to Lewis Stevenson, which probably isn't that much of a surprise. Um, we say a bit of a temporary goodbye to Tom Logan. It seems like our plan is to redraft him onto the rookie list. Um, and Kane Mitchell gets upgraded to the senior list as well, which I think is a wonderful story of persistence. Yeah, it's um, it's terrific news for Kane. He's uh, you know he's not the most skillful player at the club, but he's certainly one of the hardest working and hardest running players, and certainly does add that extra dimension to our team when he plays as, as a sub or when he's fortunate enough to get a full game. So good on him. Yep. Yeah. Like it or not, you can't hold it against him for getting a spot on the list. He's obviously worked hard and, you know, he's got the respect of the coaches. So, uh, you know, kudos to him. And I, I think it would be good to uh, give Tommy Logan another year if he if he's happy enough and proud enough to uh, uh, take that list spot. But um, I think it's worth keeping on there. It's sort of a break glass and emergency yeah. uh, type decision, isn't it? He's a fine depth player. And as we mentioned last week when we did his player reviews, his AFL games last year were actually, or this year, sorry, was actually quite good. Yeah. Um, he only got, I think, what, three three games. But in each of those games, he was solid, reliable, and definitely played his role very well. That's it. I do like uh, Kane Mitchell getting upgraded to the senior list. As I said, I think it's a wonderful story of persistence. I think he's a really well-liked member of our playing group as well amongst uh, his fellow teammates. Um, And it just shows that, you know, if you work hard, you knuckle down and you work hard, um, good things can come your way. It's also the, um, the hard work over talent as well. You know, ideally you want players with a lot of talent, but it's the ones that work hard are the ones that, have better chance of succeeding. Yeah, so, that's yeah, right. Very happy for him. Indeed. And there is one more um, list change that we, we had to make, which was Ben Newton, um, I guess, delisting himself, really. He's chosen to uh, to go against signing a contract. Um, he's going to go into the national draft. And, look, I, I think for me, you can't really begrudge someone seeking more opportunities. As I don't think he's going to get them with us. I guess he was that... Brad Symes, Adam Thompson, Mitch Banner kind of player for us this year where he was always on the cusp and he never really got a decent run at AFL level. And when he did get games, I think half the time he was sub. So 
he didn't really get that opportunity to show what he can do at the the top level. And you know, it's, I'm sure there's a club out there that's already got an agreement in place with him, and mystery will be solved soon enough. I'm yep. guessing it's probably North or Geelong, but yeah, good luck to him. Mm. We were looking for more picks, though. I guess the question has to be asked: Why? Uh, why couldn't we get a pick for him in uh, in the draft in the in the trade period? I guess it's a fair question. I'm unsure that. I mean, there was a lot of talk that a, a few clubs were interested in him, but a deal didn't get done. Um, there was a lot of talk about Geelong, but maybe they didn't want to give us a pick. Uh, maybe they realised that they could get him pretty cheap. Um, you know, with the last pick of a draft or something like that. So. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. Hopefully he hasn't done a, a Ryan Davis, um, which was a former West Coast player who decided not to sign a West Coast contract and ended up not getting drafted at all by anyone else. So hopefully he hasn't uh, sort of foobarred himself there. But I guess we'll wait and see. I think he does deserve to play um, regular AFL footy. Um, you know, with our first team and also guys like Andrew Moore and Aaron Young in front of him, he, he was never going to be, become a... Uh, a regular sort of first 22 play with us, I don't believe. Um, it was always going to be down to injury. So, look, if he can find a place, and it might be someone like a Melbourne or a St Kilda, if he can find a place where he can play, you know, 15 to 20 games a year, good on him. Absolutely. I think um, Kane was saying that if he doesn't get drafted, Port will look to redraft him. But I don't know. I, I just, I, I definitely think this, there's another club out there that's got, got their sights on him. Yeah, it has to be. That has to. You would be. think so. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Uh, not taking a, a contract to uh, <laughs> to speculate. And I guess the other thing to talk about is uh, Port Adelaide. It looks like Port Adelaide is going to be hosting Hawthorne on Anzac Day next year. Um, how good is that game going to be? Oh, that's going to be an absolute ripper. Really looking forward to it. You know the the Hawthorne game this year going down by three points at the end was um, quite devastating in many ways, even though we're proud of the season we had. Just have another crack at them because they're, they're really going to be the team to beat next year, without a doubt. They're going to be the team to beat. So we get them on our home turf. Looking forward to it. Early in the season too, which is even better. Yeah, absolutely. What about the whole Anzac Day fixture? It's going to be a blockbuster. Five games on Anzac Day. It's going to be huge. Oh yeah, we're better back to um to to reflect on the Anzacs and to play five games of football. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fantastic <laughs> and it's re- rewarding all the other teams. Well, on to the uh, the next week of our player reviews. Um, we've got another eight or nine players to review this week. Uh, the first one is uh, Andrew Moore, who's 23 years old. He's played 50 games. Um, he played just the nine AFL games this year for 13 disposals and two tackles a game. Finished 28th in the best and fairest. He also played eight SNFL games this year uh, for 25 disposals, six marks and one and a half goals a game. Uh, for me, it's not necessarily his fault, but I thought he was our most disappointing player this year. Oh, ouch. Big uh, call. Big call, fair call, I reckon. And I'll explain why. Yeah, or it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts on that, Maka, because I, I, okay, well, first of all, Moore was my buddy for one of my buddies for this year, so I did keep it close. Fight hard then, Forza. Come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it's, 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 you know, more that player where every year you're like, this bloke's going to have a big year. It's his time. He's going to come out. He's going to take the competition by storm. He's that big body midfielder. He's going to, you know, he's going to be doing what Wines has been doing really. And Wines is only in his second year. But, you know, you get to preseason and he's, he has a great preseason and then he gets injured yep. at the tail end and, you know, that pretty much cost him the first, what, three games he was out with injury. And the team was so strong that, you know, he spent the next, what, five, six weeks at SNFL level because he couldn't crack the, uh, the AFL team. And then he gets in the team at the Melbourne game in round 11, plays Plays all right, you know, first say for game of the year, plays all right. And then, what, is he? does he get injured again in training, was it? Shortly after? Yeah, I think he, he did his shoulder game. again that game. <clears throat> and, that, and that's pretty much why, for me, he was the most disappointing player for 2014 for Port Adelaide. And, and as I said, I don't think it's necessarily his fault. I think his body let him down a bit. I had him in pre-season as our most... Uh, our most improved player. I thought he was really going to, to do some big things this year, especially after his back end of 2013, which I thought was really, really good. But injuries just ruined him. I mean, I thought he had a really good preseason. And then he gets injured in the last game, as you said. Misses a, misses a month, comes back, gets injured again. Um, you know, plays against Melbourne, does his shoulder in his first AFL game back. Uh, misses another month. Um, and then after that, he just looked far too timid and... Almost unprepared to put his body on the line um, late in the year. I'm not saying he's soft. I just thought that there was a few occasions where he looked to protect himself. So, yeah, it, it was just one of those sort of missed opportunities um, as a season as a whole, I thought, for him. He got rewarded by the coaches, though. He, he strung a few games together in the second half of the season. No doubt. Uh, and he, he looked like a player that was lacking a bit of confidence in his body. That's yep. what I thought. And uh, I guess the, the heat's going to be on him for 2015 because he's going to be physically mature. And it's not even about where he was drafted. It's just he's shown enough potential that he, he's got the goods to do it. So hopefully his body can hold up and he can deliver a fantastic uh, 2015 season. That's it. I think there's no doubt he's part of our best 22. I like him um, as that sort of bench midfielder coming on um, and, and as we saw last year, he was so good um, in the clinches, so good um, at, at getting clearances and winning tackles and all those sort of things. Um, but I guess the big question is, can he become that player that we do expect him to become? Can he develop into a first 18, a, a first string midfielder? I think he can. I think he still can. He's um, like he, he shows enough to suggest that he can. You know, this year he had those two stints out with injury, but when he came back in the last eight games, he held his spot and he came on as sub few of those games and you know made a huge difference as a you know fresh legs and a big body to help us really um, wheel the ball forward, especially in the finals. Um, you know, I think he was one of the, one of the, the helping reasons behind our comebacks against Frio and Hawthorne. Yep. It's a matter of where where is he supposed <coughs> to fit into this side? I guess that's the uh conjecture that a lot of fans still have as well because you know I always thought he might be like an uh, Ollie Wines type sort of player but he, he hasn't really sort of developed into that sort of player and other people were modeling him on uh, uh, say Ryan O'Keefe at a half forward flank and I just feel like he hasn't really cemented his uh, spot in the side which is hey this is my spot this is where I dominate the play and this is where I want to play I, I do like him in the side I think 
next year hopefully is going to be his year. Um, but I've just got a, a sinking feeling that I'm going to be saying that for the next sort of two or three years. I think he had been saying that for the past two or three years yeah. as well. <laughs> I mean, maybe he will always be that sort of nearly there player. Uh, he, you know, he might be, but also if you look at the SANFL, he's one of the main men. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the the prime movers at SANFL level when he's playing. He's playing there at the AFL level. You got Hartlett, Wine, Spoke, Ebert, Gray, all rotating through the middle. He sort of gets, uh, you know, pushed down the order a bit, and he sort of has to play that. O'Keefe role to an extent where he's sort of floating around the half-forward area more than what we probably would like him to. Well, next player, Jakey Need, 20 years old, 24 games. Um, he played eight AFL games this year for 11 disposals and 1.25 goals a game. He finished 24th in the best and fairest. He also played 14 SANFL games this year for 15 disposals and 1.5 goals a game. Um, he was one that had a, a pretty slow start to the season. Um, had a pretty poor pre-season, uh, but had such a fantastic finish to 2014. He's a he's a phenomenal, phenomenal pocket <coughs> rocket, super talented, small forward. He's also, out of all the players on the list for this year, he's the one player where you have the classic example of uh, a kid in his, in his what was his second year, yep. second year, not going his way. The coach just set him a target. He works on those on reaching those targets. And then he you just see the form change. And then he earns that AFL selection and he holds his spot all throughout the finals. It's just a terrific uh, story of his season that he's, he was able to take a season that was looking a bit poor to something that was you know phenomenal in the end for him. That's right. I mean, he played that one game against Melbourne in round 11 where he, he kicked a goal but didn't really do much and... It almost looked like we wouldn't see him again for uh, for the rest of the season. Um, they might have kept him in the SANFL, but you know his form at the SANFL level became too good to ignore. Came back in against Sydney, kicked a couple of goals and, and stayed in the side for the rest of the year. Had another great game against Carlton where he kicked three goals. And of course, his final series was just electric. I mean, three goals against uh, Richmond in the elimination final at footy, uh, footy Park at Adelaide Oval was just phenomenal. Um, and he was one of the match winners against Frio in the second half in the semi-final as well. Oh yeah, some of the some of the plays he he was involved in in that Richmond game were just were just outstanding. Incredible, you know, kicking the ball from fifty, knocking players on their asses, and just yeah, up, you know, a, what two foot nothing bully. It's it's it phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looked like he wasn't going to play at all this year, really, didn't he? I, I wasn't expecting any games from him at all, and uh, yeah. Yeah, but you could see sort of halfway through the season with some of the SANFL games that he was starting to gain some confidence. And it wasn't necessarily about what he was doing with the ball, but it was sort of just his behaviour on the field. He, he, You could see that he started interacting and had that confidence to interact with the players more and sort of, you know, and sort of stand up a little bit and going, you know, and start pointing directions where people should be, including himself. And obviously that confidence translated into performances. And uh, he's, I'm a big fan of Jake because I, I just think, that's the beauty of AFL football, that a person of his size can still be influential in the game. And it doesn't have to be just the guys that are 190 centimetres plus, even though they, they seem to command most of the attention these days. But, you know, those little guys like him and Ballantyne have a place now because I think they can take advantage of the big guys in a way and, and sort of maximise the, uh, the high free kicks just due to their size and stature. Yep. But he's got the courage to put his body in the positions 
to get the free kicks at the same time. Indeed. I mean, you mentioned his, uh, his plays against bigger bodies and certainly that bump on Dustin Martin in the first couple of minutes of that, uh, of that elimination final, which led to our second goal, was, in my view, one of the players of the year. It was. That was right up there. Yeah, it took the game on. You know, a player, a player of that stature really needs a, a big bag of tricks to succeed at AFL level, and he's pretty much got them, got them, got them all, really. You go, Sorry, Mac. I was just going to say, I thought that round 23 game against Frio, where he sort of did get whacked a bit, to me it looked like he learnt from it. He really took away from that game. Well, I can these guys really impacting the body before, or before the ball or to get the ball. And it's almost like he took something away from that game and implemented it the following week against Richmond. And he did it in a fantastic style. I, I think, you know, he's, if he keeps up the kind of form and, and work rate that he had in the last third of the year, he'll definitely hold his spot in the 22. But he's one player that can fall out for someone like a young or a more to, to really cement themselves in the team. So he's really got to work hard to, to you know, show, show the coaches that he deserves to be in the 22. Yep. All right, next player is Benny Newton. We've already spoken a little bit about him. He's 22 years old, played four AFL games this season. He also played 16 SANFL games for 24 disposals, five marks, and a goal a game. He finished 30th in the best and fairest at AFL level and second at the Magpies in the best and fairest. I thought this year he really showed why we drafted him, um, but he just couldn't get a look in despite some pretty impressive SANFL form. Yeah, he um, he was really phenomenal at SANFL level. He was, uh, I've got 16 games during the season and he ranked in the best players 13 times. So he had a, he had a super year at SANFL level. I've, I've got here in my notes, um, will he be here uh, with us in 2015? And <laughs> Obviously, the answer is looking like a no. Probably not. You would think so. But yeah, he was he was emergency thirteen times. He played two full games, but they were pretty. That they weren't the best games to play. He played against GWS when it was um, pouring rain and wasn't the best game. And then he played against Collingwood when half the team was out with uh, a virus. So his full games weren't really fair to him in terms of the. the the conditions and the team performance. Yeah. But yeah, it's good on him for seeking more opportunities and hopefully ending up at a club that's going to give him those opportunities. That's right. His essay to fill form, especially to start the season was something to behold of In the first sort of five or six weeks. He was averaging about 30 disposals, 10 marks and three goals a game for a while there. He was just absolutely flooring everybody. Um, he did slow down as the season went on. Um, and I thought his final series was, was pretty disappointing outside of the first final against Norwood, where he had 25 touches and two goals. Um, but his final two finals were probably let him down a little bit, I thought. Yeah, I'd you agree with that, feeling, Macca. Yeah, you, you get the feeling that he's just disappointed that he wasn't getting AFL time. And, yeah, that's, that's the sort of uh, mental barriers you have to break through just to keep pushing. That, that probably weighed on his mind a bit, I reckon. Yeah. All right, next player is Cameron O'Shea. He's also 22 years old, played 58 games. He played 14 games at AFL uh, level this year for 19 disposals, five marks, two and a half rebounds a game. Um, finished 21st in our best and fairest. Also played 10 SANFL games for 20 disposals and five and a half marks a game. He was probably similar to Jakey Need in that I thought he had a, a pretty poor 
start to the season. He missed out in round one. Um, he, he came back into the side mid-season um, and didn't really look back. I thought he had a really good end to the year. Yeah, I think um, I think O'Shea is a bit unfortunate in that he probably lost his spot to Homsch, who really cemented his spot in the 22 as that third defender, the, the chop-out spoiling defender. And then also with the club recruiting MP for that, that small defender role, O'Shea really found himself as the uh, the eighth player. So he got a couple of games early on, but once uh, the first choice players returned, he sort of found himself wallowing in the SANFL. And it wasn't until Carlisle and Trengo both went down that he got his opportunity to come in and probably have to play uh, a role that's, probably asking a bit of him to be a, that second uh, tall defender, but he did it well, and, and then he held his spot, and he sort of uh, forced Impey out a bit for the rest of the year, and yep. he became that, that seventh uh, defender that, that was a hard-running defender with the uh, the intercept marks to match. But, yeah, his, his season did improve as, as it got on towards the end, and he was an important finals cog for us as well. For me, his best games came against probably Collingwood and Essendon when he came back into the side. Um, also had a really good game against Carlton in round 22 as well in a solid final series. Um, do we see him um, as part of our first 22 now as well? See, that's tough. You know, it's um, if you're playing O'Shea, it's, it sort of pushes MP out a bit or, or you have to upset the uh, the Pittard uh, broadbent uh, Jonas uh, trio there as well, so it's it's tough. I, I would like to see him in there. I think he's definitely an AFL standard player, but um, yeah, it's quite a squeeze in the back lines. Mm. You go, mate. What was the rumor with Umaka? Was there a rumor he was out for disciplinary reasons or um, injury or something at the start of the season? The rumor was that he had um, osteitis pubis to start the year, and that's why he missed out early on. Um, but then he was still playing at SANFL level, still. Played a couple of games early at AFL level as well. So, I mean, generally, if you've got osteitis pubis, you, you tend to miss um, games altogether instead of continuing to play them. So, I don't know if that was a, a bit of a furphy or if, if it was true or not. Um, and maybe it does explain why he did miss out early on in the year. Um, I guess there was a lot of rumours that he was going to be traded to St Kilda, um, which ended up being false. He even came out on Twitter and said that it was a, a pile of rubbish. Um, that he that he never looked to, to leave the club. Um, for me, he's one of my favourite players, so I want him in the side every week. Um, I think he's a fantastic player and, and adds so much to our side. Um, but as you said, um, Forza, um, someone's got to give there because there's probably eight players trying to squeeze into seven. Yeah, there is. There's eight AFL standard players and there's just, yeah, just don't have the, um, the space for them. Or if, well, that, he, if someone's going to, someone else will miss out. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you get injuries, and that's why you need the depth. And he's going to be around that sixteen to twenty-four mark, I would imagine, on our on our list. So yeah. he'll get his opportunities when they come. No doubt. All right, next player, Jasper Pittard. He played all right this year. Yes, I think baby. Uh, that's all what we need chance. to talk about. That uh, Jared Polek, hey, hey. twenty-one years. Hey, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> You're lucky I let you slide where he should have been in the ends. Macmillan Pittard. Macmillan Pittard. He's still JMP, really. He is. 
He dropped the McMillan. I think the McMillan was probably the more talented side of the uh, of the duo. Um, but he's now <laughs> now known as Jasper Pitter. His stats uh, twenty three years old. Played fifty six games. Played all twenty five games this year, which is fantastic for him. Finished a, a lowly seventeenth in the best and fairest. I think he probably deserved to be a little bit higher than that. He averaged sixteen disposals, four marks, and three and a half rebounds a game. I thought he had quite a solid start to the year. A couple of horror games in the middle. Um, but then he became pretty much our most reliable defender in the second half of the season. I thought he was a bit of a rascal as well, Bob's rascal. He started getting into people's faces as the um, as the season went on, and I thought the turning point for him was probably the Sydney game at the SCG. And uh, and after that game, he really uh, showed a lot of composure and used the ball very well, and was still able to provide his uh, run and carry with the ball and. He has some bloody fantastic games there, Mac, I tell you. And his filthy moustache. Oh. Yeah, that's a dirty moustache. It is a me. very dirty moustache. That is dirty. Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> that is dirty. <laughs> Absolutely filthy, as was his game against Sydney at the SCG. It was an absolute nightmare. To his credit, he did uh, he did come good after that, especially the following week. It was just about his best game of the year against the Bulldogs, I thought, in round 14. He also had uh, very good games against the Crows in round 15, round 16 against Essendon, um, and probably his best game of footy was uh, was round 22 against Carlton, and also the uh, the semi-final against Frio as well. There's a few good games there. He did. He was, as I said, he was just about our most reliable defender. Um, he kind of ironed out those um, you know those face palm moments uh, that he was known for in years gone by. Um, and he's really starting to show why he was drafted so early. Yeah, I think his confidence will keep keep improving. I, the, the one thing that really stands out um, with Pittard, apart from the... Well, when his kicks go, go astray, it's usually because he doesn't have a, a decent target these days as opposed to trying to do too much. He just doesn't have a decent option to kick to. But the yeah. one thing that he does now that really scares me quite a bit is, um, is his bouncing. <laughs> you know, more than more than once, he, he went for a run, bounced the ball, and it just didn't come back to him. No, yeah. no. Nah, nah. don't, that... don't blame Pittard for that. That's Adelaide Oval. It's disgraceful. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's not Pittard at all. It's just Adelaide Oval. I can't even believe you're going there, Forza. That's just outrageous. <laughs> didn't that happen at the, at the SCG as well? I think so. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Probably the MCG <laughs> as well, I think. Didn't have, it didn't happen at Frio, for sure. I can mm. remember. No, don't remember any dodgy bounces there. He is a bit of a heart and mouth type player, but he, um, yeah, when he's on, the way he can hit up a target and just open us up so we can, you know, end up in a scoring position is just phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I mean, kudos to him. He takes at it, really. He keeps going at it. And it, it is interesting. I, I noticed that sitting behind the goals at the southern end for the Essendon game, there was a couple of occasions where he did take the bounce and he did run, and he sort of ran into a position where he's obviously got no right foot, but he was sort of left with no choice but to kick it on the right. So he, he sort of boxed himself in a corner. Uh, but I think what you said earlier was pertinent, Forza, with the fact that I think a lot of the times as supporters – we see that there's no options for him up the ground. And obviously, he's trying to hold the ball and try and get an option coming to him instead of just burning the ball over. So that probably makes him look a little bit silly at times as well. But, you know, I mean, the thing that I like is the fact that 
every man their dog bagged the shit out of him at the start of the season. And by the end of the season, he had a bit of Tommy Logan about him where everyone was sort of supporting him and there was uh, far less criticism on the boards and, and everywhere else. So uh, people were starting to be won over by the, uh, the Jasper man. All right. Well, next player, Jared Pollock, 21 years old, 40 games. His first year at Port Adelaide in 2014. Played 24 games, averaged 19.5 disposals, three marks, and a couple of bounces a game. Finished 15th in the best and fairest. What a season for Jared Pollock. Absolutely silky smooth left foot. Creates so much run and carry. And the way he just hits up out, you know, there's a 50 this year and his shots on goal are just you know, something to behold. And he did it all year. Didn't miss a beat. So all this talk about being injury prone, you know, the commitment, you know, does he work hard enough? You know, all, all those... Uh, question marks that were on him at the start of the preseason once we traded him in and once uh, that three kilometre time trial started, all those question marks and he just said, no, nope, I'm going to have a, a great year and he did and well done to him. Absolutely. I mean, there was talk that he got uh, blasted after his first uh, training run, um, that three kilometre time trial that you mentioned. Um, but look, he went bang from the first preseason game against the Crows. He was Pretty much our best player. He followed that up with being best on ground again the following week against Essendon. Um, and then he took that into the, the season proper itself and just went bang from round one. That massive goal at the end against Carlton had a huge game against the Crows in round two and he didn't really look back. He's also that kind of player that can bob up for about three minutes and just be absolutely devastating where he just kicks two goals in the blink of an eye, and before you know it, you know, the team's on a five-goal run or something. He's, he just has that ability to yep. really devastate over a, over a real short period of time. He's a momentum starter. Oh, yeah. You okay, could really you. give... You can give Darren Burgess some credit here too, I think, as well, because, yeah, you could say the same thing about Pittard before Polek. You know, a lot of these guys weren't able to string a season together. Uh, without um, having to sit out for injuries, and these guys now are, you know, playing twenty-five or twenty-four games in a in a season, you know, first time ever. So credit to them. And there's no better sight than seeing Polet running um, through to the ball from the halfback flank and delivering inside fifty. Is there? No, absolutely not. I mean, he's got the best skills in our side um, by an absolute mile. I think his foot skills are just phenomenal. Um, you know, we we always heard from Jonathan Brown that um, he rates Jared Polek as the best kick uh, on a lead um, that he ever played with, and you can see why. I mean, he just hit targets with uh, with pretty much ease um, inside fifty all year, and the run and carry he creates on the wing and even coming out of defence as well was very very important. But I think um, the part of his game that I was really impressed with was his hardness. He was a lot harder at the ball um, and a lot better inside than I thought he would be. Yeah, we're led to believe that he uh, that he didn't really have much of an inside game at all. And, you know, he comes along and he he certainly puts his head over the ball when it's his turn, and that, that was terrific to see. Can only get better. How good's his kicking off the outside of his um, left boot? Very creative. Very creative. And I think the best thing about him as well is that he's a he's pretty much a big game player. 
Um, I thought his best games were probably against uh, Hawthorne in round 10. I thought he was fantastic in the elimination final against Richmond as well. In both showdowns, he came to play as well. Yeah, he certainly had, um, he, you know, he had a few ups and downs, which is to be expected from a young player playing his first full season. But, yeah. you know, his ups were definitely uh, very, very good. And his downs weren't, it was a bit quiet, but they weren't, you know, poor by any stretch of the imagination. Well, look, uh, next player, Jared Redden, 23-year-old Ruckman. He hasn't played a single game at any level for 18 months now with the constant sort of hip and knee injuries. Um, it's quite clear he's got talent. He was our number one Ruck when, uh, when he did get injured. Um, but he just seems to be perpetually injured. And personally, I'm not sure I've got faith in his body. This is, you know, this is, a, this is the thing. With, um, with Redden, he was, he was our number one choice Ruck until he went down with injury and Loeb came in and at the time we didn't know whether Loeb would, would make it as a player and he practically sh- showed us that yes he will and he'd be a great ruckman for us. But Redden, I always saw him as, you know, just has to get over this one injury, get his run and then, you know, he'll be right. And then it was, uh, I think it was Hinkley, I think it was during a radio interview, he basically said, oh, I'm, I'm worried about Redden. And that's when it really sort of hit me that, you know, oh, geez, you know, Redden next year might be his last year and he may not actually have the uh, the body to take him through a full AFL career, which would be absolutely devastating, especially for someone of his his talent and ability. Yeah. I think the key is you've got to control him from here on in and not let him overexert himself and give him, give his body enough time to recover if, uh, if they can manage him correctly. I can't see why he can't overcome those obstacles. It probably slimmed down a little bit because he is a big boy for a Rutman. So maybe dropping a few kilos might help his uh, joints as well. But I've still got optimism. I don't, I'm not unrealistic. I don't think we should be expecting him to be playing come round one. But hopefully, uh, hopefully he can just get some solid form and confidence in the SANFL and you never know what can happen by the end of the season, I guess. And drafting Paddy Ryder is going to sort of uh, help take that pressure off him as well. Yeah. Um, he's going to be one of the uh, the slow burners moving forward. So we're definitely going to have to have uh, other Ruckman that can come in as backup because we, we may not see him at any level, for a, for a fair while. It might take him quite a while to get back to full fitness. Yeah. He's never played more than six games in a row um, at any level, um, which is uh, which is pretty poor. I mean, it shows that he's he's had a lot of injuries. He's had a lot of hamstring injuries as well throughout the years. Um, it is a real shame because I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's a fantastic tap ruckman. He can take a good mark. Uh, we know at SANFL level he can play up forward and, and kick a bag of goals as well. Um, you know, if if we had him fit this year, we could have easily gone all the way. Definitely, you know that extra tall player in the ruck and up forward would have made such a huge. And 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 he's the player that he's kind of player that he wins. You know, in the ruck, he he wins more often than not. In the forward lines, he's such a big boy that he takes those contested marks. It's what was it? Was it two thousand? When was it? Mid mid last year, last yeah, play? mid last year against the Bulldogs. Yeah, you know he was just so he's just such a dominant player. It's just a shame he didn't have the tank to really 
play out the full game. But you can see when he's, you know, when he's got his breath with him, he's he's just so dominant for yeah. us. So I think we will persist with him for a, a farewell yet until it's absolutely clear the body's not going to hold up. Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed as well. He's uh, another of our 2014 player sponsors on Big Footy. So no doubt everyone uh, on our board wishes him all the best for uh, 2015 and beyond. Absolutely. Another Ruckman, uh, Brent Renouf, 26 years old, um, played 68 games, just the one AFL game this year and, and five SANFL games. Um, had a reasonable start to the season at SANFL level, played the one game against Frio, um, against Sanderlands, um, got dropped the week after that and did his knee at Prospect um, that game. Um, and of course was delisted at the end of the year after only 16 games in three years for Port Adelaide. Well, yeah, the the one game um, he got was really as a as a battering ram instead of a an actual ruckman. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's just a shame that that knee never really recovered from the day he was traded into the club. You know, I was I was, I was going through his profile on Club Eight Club uh, eighteen seventy and. Uh, one of the first articles that I posted in his player thread was that he um, he's declared his over his knee injury and he's ready to go and you know and if he was he'd be a very handy uh, backup ruckman he never quite had the uh, the pace to really run around the the ground the way the modern ruckmen do but he definitely would have been a um, a handy tap ruckman as a backup for us had he um, had the knee held no up. Doubt. I mean I think we drafted him. Well, sorry, traded him in so that he could be our first ruck because Loby hadn't uh, established himself yet and Redden hadn't played a game either. Um, so it's a bit unfortunate that uh, he just couldn't have a, a fair run at it here. Yeah, and this yeah. is the thing all our ruckmen that, that Loby and, and Redden, like, Loby had two years of long term injuries. Redden's going through those long term injuries now and, and Renoff practically had injuries since the day I was traded in. So it's just been really unfortunate. Right, Ruck Division, ever since Runoff came in. Hawthorne got the, the win over us with that trade, didn't they? Yes. They covered up, <clears throat> they covered up that used car pretty well. They did. But, um, they also drafted yeah. pretty good. Yeah, they got Brad Hill for him, so uh, yeah, de- definite oh, so win <laughs> for Hawthorne yeah. there. Uh, they, uh, he just seemed... I was really disappointed with the one thing from him was his, uh, was his aggression, because I always thought coming across that his reputation was being a really aggressive player. And I, I just didn't really see that, to be honest. And again, it might come down to confidence on the footy field with his body, and maybe that's what was letting him down. But, uh, yeah, we sort of, with both of those Rutman, it sort of hurt us over the last few years. So hopefully uh, we're not burnt by the Rutman curse and not missing Paddy Ryder for too many games in 2015. No, I think we've definitely um, sorted our first up ruck division issues, um, at least the immediate ones. Um, but yeah, there's certainly depth issues that present themselves now that Renoff is um, has left the club and Redden's going to be on the sidelines. So there's definitely a um, a crying need for. Well, a, what are we going to What are we going to do if Ryder's out for until halfway through the season? Well, we've clearly got to draft another ruckman. Yeah, without a doubt. But you know, we played all this year with one one ruckman for most of the for most of the year, so I wouldn't see it as a big 
issue if Ryder misses the first few games. I don't expect him to miss half a season. Um, but if he does, you know, we'll, we'll manage. Well, I think it can go either one or two ways. Uh, I reckon it might be either six months or maybe even two years, mm. which could be uh, quite disastrous for us if that's the case. And I'm with Macca. We probably need to draft two Rutman, maybe a mature age Rutman and a, uh, a junior development Rutman. Oh, yeah, I'm expecting us to draft, um, yeah, at least two Ruckman. I wouldn't I, – I think two years is a pretty low percentage play. It's the, the players, like, without sidetracking too much, it seems the players were, you know, they put their trust in the wrong, wrong people and they were duped to an extent and there is a bit of leniency yeah. um, when it comes to these sort of things. The players weren't active in trying to breach the code. They, um, they just trusted the wrong people. Yeah. That's why then they're going to get absolutely smashed if um, there's any guilty verdicts that come of the players. I don't think we need to draft two Ruckman. I think one's probably fair enough. But you wouldn't look for a mature ager and a and a junior. I would probably look at drafting um, a junior, someone like Darcy Cameron or someone like Josh Miller, someone like that. Now, to be honest, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if um, we saw McKernan on the list. As scary as that is. <laughs> Don't make me sad, Forza. Good old elbows. Oh, uh, I could not imagine the horror in in no, watching McKernan run around in a Port Guernsey. <laughs> All right, last player that we're going to review uh, this evening is a uh, 18 year old Sam Russell, who's a small defender. He was the youngest player in the AFL this year, I believe. Um, played just the eight SANFL games for eight disposals and two marks a game. Um, had a pretty good pre-season, but then uh, ripped a hamstring and missed three months of footy with that hamstring injury. He's still 18, Sam Russell. It's, um, that's how young yeah. he is. Uh, I think he's got a bit of a future. I think he's just got to find some attacking side of his game. I think defensively he's very, very good. Um, he's a very good spoiler. He's, uh, he's got a lot of pace, uh, so he can shut down leads and that sort of thing. Um, he's just not very good at winning the ball at this point. Well, we really need another sort of small lockdown defender on the on the list to come through the ranks because uh, we were sort of exposed a little bit there. So with only Impey uh, really at our disposal, so uh, hopefully he can come on and uh, show some promise next year. Well, that's year. it. Another year, another pre-season. Um, he's already pretty bulky as it is, so I think another pre-season he should slim down a little bit, um, get his fitness up, get his tank up. Um, find a, a bit more of the bowl, and you never know, you might become a, a very good player next year for Port Adelaide. All right, boys, well, we might leave it there for this evening. Forza, thanks very much for coming back on. Happy to be on, as always. That's the way. And Rick, mate. Done well, fellas. Until next week. Love you, Dom. <laughs> Love you, Dom. Love you, Dom. One last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motlock couldn't quite. Enright. Good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh, oh.